This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and welcome to episode 142 of Bang on the Drum. Please remember to go like, subscribe, download, and we would greatly appreciate it. But as always, I am your host, P-Dog, joined alongside our other host, M-Dog. And M-Dog, how are you doing today? Uh, I feel pretty good. Pretty good. I did make a pretty drastic mistake while I was setting up for the show tonight, so which was disappointing. I stabbed myself in the foot with a toothpick. Um, pretty sure there's a puncture wound. Didn't check it out, right? Left the sock on, but it was sticking in there pretty good. You just have a toothpick laying around on your floor? Yeah, so for birthdays, which was the 4th of January, so like kind of a long time ago, we do like 70 balloons, right? And so in their toy room, those will stay around for a long time. Well, this weekend I made them pop them all, and somebody left their toothpick on the floor. You gonna you gonna figure out which one was it? Yeah, I'm already running DNA tests on who was holding that <laughs> fucking thing, so we can uh, get that squared away. I think you just make keep... sure they get punished good. Just poke them every now and again. Yeah, jab them with it. Never leave a toothpick on the floor again. Yeah, yeah. And so then I was like, I slid my foot coming in here and just on the rug. Just Scoop that baby right up. It was not, did not feel good. You're a hero, Mike. You're still podcasting with a. I with know. A I can't poke, believe it. Poke toe no. in your foot. Tough. I'm guy. Questionable for next week, though. It was a game time decision tonight. Yeah, we'll we'll test you out today on your uh, poke toe in the foot. But we are trying out a new platform, so I just want to give a heads up to everybody that's listening. We might run into some technical difficulties during this thing. Right now, Mike's thing saying his app is not focused, and we do not know what that means because the video looks just fine. Uh, yeah. Everything looks crisper and nicer, but I think we are going to stick with this. So stick with us. There might be some growing pains, but I do think the editing of this stuff is just going to be a lot cleaner eventually. So it's our quest to always keep improving uh, this show. But I think for this episode, we are going to just... There was a lot that happened in Wisconsin sports this weekend. So we had Joe getting fired. So we'll talk about that a little bit, uh, who Mike wants for our defensive coordinator. Mike's going to be the star of this show with the poke toll on his foot. Uh, and then we had Griffin from the Bucks get fired, uh, hired Doc Rivers. I missed the game tonight, but Mike and I decided we are going to become more than casuals. Uh, now that the football season is over with, For sure. the, with the Bucks and Badgers. So Mike's going to be more of our Badgers guy. I'm going to try to be more of our Bucks guy. And I think we might throw a little bit of Marquette in just with how good Wisconsin basketball is looking at this at this moment. Like Wisconsin yeah. Badgers are good. Marquette is good. The Bucks are good. So Wisconsin's kind of the mecca of uh, basketball right now. Uh yeah. And like it's weird to say this, but I honestly think that even in our like small area, we see a lot of really high end basketball out of like division one teams. You get into the lacrosse area and you actually see guys that are gonna be playing at a division one level more often than not year in and year out out of the uh what is it, the Mississippi Valley that Sparta's in? Yeah, I think it's the MVC. But that sounds like a college conference as well. Mississippi yeah. Valley Conference. I think that's what it is. I think you're right. And so I think like most of the time, every year, there's one or two guys that are going to go Division One. Now, is that high-end Division One? Maybe not. But like it might not be the Badgers, but they're going somewhere to play basketball. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm kind of out of touch now that I'm out of the area. But like I remember – Near when I was in high school, Bronson Koenig came out. Um, yeah. So Bronson and um, Matt Thomas both came out at the, the same year. Uh, one went to Iowa State. One went to Wisconsin. Um, Kobe King 
went to Wisconsin after that. Um, and then I want to say even on that Onalaska team, there was another Division One guy who went to Green Bay, but I can't remember who that was offhand. We're missing a really big one, too. One of the better ones came from lacrosse. Davis. Area. Davis is probably oh, yeah, the pros yeah, Johnny right now. Davis, yeah. That's, I mean, Jordan that's and Johnny we're were both at lacrosse central. Um, sounds like there was a kid that was at Onalaska and went to some academy in like Missouri or Florida or something like that. Um, just recently to end up going to like big 10 type schools. So yeah, sharpens tools a little bit. He's yeah. not playing with them this year, but he's a junior and it sounds like he is not going to be at that Academy next year. I do think, I mean, you are right. Like we have our handful of players that come out of the West central Wisconsin area, but I do think that that's never a bad move. If you're going to like, I guess it's hard to like, not like you're a Wiltonian through and through. So I think you would have a hard time leaving Brookwood, but like, I do not think that's a bad decision to be like, Hey, I'm going to go to an Academy uh, where all these pro players come from and stuff like that. But it does no, seem like it's a little bit cooler to just come from your hometown, go to the Badgers. But, but I think you got to be really fucking good to get looks in the West central Wisconsin area. And, Turn it, but, but yeah, I yeah. guess we, I we think with just, AAU, it doesn't matter quite as much to go to those places true, because true. you're already like, if you're like a legit player, you're already traveling all over at least the Midwest, if not the country, to play basketball pretty much all year round, probably starting in eighth grade. And so, like, I don't know if it matters that much to go to one of these academies. I guess if you're if you need to get noticed, then you do, and then. My attitude towards it is is that I, if I'm a college, I'm looking for that loyalty piece, right? Which you don't aren't required to have in college anymore. And so I'd like them to stick with the people that they enjoy hanging out with to some yeah. extent. Yeah. No, I mean, now that you put it that way too, I forget about AAU a little bit, but that is a big piece. But I do even think if you're like a AAU star, you can play for your hometown and then yeah. play against your AAU like teammates in, in high school conference basketball. But yeah, but yeah, that was, that was our little bit of off on a Wisconsin basketball tangent there. So I yeah. think we are going to start the show with Packers finally firing Joe Barry and it feels bad to feel this good about uh, firing a coach, but like Mike has put it, they get paid an awful lot of money, and it's not like he's going to be out of a job for too long or no. I, broke I mean, it sounds like he's going to have a. It sounds like he was going to get a linebacker's job, like relatively quickly. Sounds like he's actually a pretty good dude when it comes to like being around people and being like a positive influence on a team now to a large extent i think he can't call plays and that's why i want him fired and then i also get worried that maybe we take a step back because what i saw from the playoff games i was like oh you know i'm not i don't hate this right outside of the last drive against the niners i was like i can deal with this type of defense yeah, and he definitely did make it harder to fire him at the end of the year. Uh, but I think, like what you were saying before, it did look like there was going to be like a opening for maybe uh, Joe Barry to step down as the play caller and then bring in a defensive coordinator and keep him in player development. Because, yeah, I mean, I don't know how that all works behind the scenes and stuff, but it does seem like you could definitely be a great – uh, you know, player developer and just yeah. not be able to call uh, a game plan. Maybe because you're like nervous. Maybe it's because it's just not your thing. Because um, he he did seem kind of like a wuss a lot of the times when he's calling games. Like it's like okay, this just, works, and then, then it does seem like he's stubborn to a point, like where it's just like. Okay, I've seen this work before. It's gonna work again. It's gonna work again. Like we're gonna yeah. keep calling this, and like then it just never works. And yeah, then we're losing yeah, so the 49ers. Like, I also think that um, 
Like he called plays like me. I'm not going to pretend that I would be any much different. Just scared of like getting beat. Just yeah. terrified that like, oh, we might lose. Well, big fucking deal. We already lost, you know, uh, what did we lose in the regular season? Seven games, eight, eight games. games. Yeah, nine and eight. Yeah. And so like you lost eight anyway, like if you are super risky and lose a, a different eight games, who gives a fuck? Yeah. No, I mean, it definitely seemed like in the position that we were in against the 49ers that you, that last drive of the game, you should have been coming for their throat, like, and not, not even like having that much of a repercussion against it because he ends up, you know, giving up that touchdown anyways with a minute left in the game. And like we talked about before is like, what is the harm if you, you know, are bringing heat, maybe forcing them to like a second and 15, third and 12, something like that. Uh, Cause yeah, they didn't face anything like that on that drive. Or giving up that touchdown early and then giving love in the offense, you know, yeah, three yeah. minutes instead of the one minute at the end of the game. Yeah, so, where where like changes your psyche, like plays don't need to happen. It just let it develop more naturally, right? Um, anywhere, anyway, I put in together a little bit of a list of guys that kind of re- could replace him moving forward, and really the last. Four, I think, are the ones that have act. Or I'll just put, I'll put one guy at the bottom here of this list that I had on the top. So I like the idea of like Mike Vrabel. If he doesn't get a head coaching job, like bring him in, let him be the DC. Maybe he's not a good DC though. Maybe he's like more of a leader of men type person that isn't good at DC and is better at being a head coach, which I can really see. I wish I knew better, like which head coaches like actually called plays. I assume that he calls yeah. the defense for for the Titans, but I do not know that to be a fact that he calls the defense for the Titans. Yeah, that's true. Me neither. Um, then I threw Al Harris on here just because he was a former Packer. Um, from everything that I heard about him on Twitter, he's more of just a player development guy. Like he doesn't deal with scheme very much. He teaches like secondary drills, right? Like how do you get better at being a corner or a safety or whatever? He does not deal with scheme. Um, I threw Ed Reed on there because I think at one point he was potentially the head coach at William and Mary. And which means that he wants to coach and he must be pretty good at it. But I have no idea if that's actually true. Right. That would be a yeah, that would be a sweet one, but yeah, I would yeah, assume yeah. I would assume if Ed Reed was out there with any kind of like um, resume to be a coach somewhere, that name would be super super duper hot. But so I don't think maybe he's not been a coach somewhere, but I think he was up for the William and Mary coach, right? And, and so this or, solid college. Well, no, I, I mean it's probably not good, but it's a. I, I just thought like FCS, whatever it, it is called. Well, in honestly, like if you want to do like the Deion Sanders route, like Deion was not going to sit in the film room and be the guy that like makes copies for 25 year old guys who are the linebackers coach, right? He, like that wasn't going to happen. Ed Reed is that same dude. There's no chance Ed Reed is going to like take his lumps in the coaching staff after that guy's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's going to be the guy that's like, uh, I'll take a head coaching job if you want to give it to me. But other than that, I'm, you guys can kick rocks. Yeah, and I, I feel like his just playing resume puts him like above having to do that at, at all. You, you'd think he'd be able to land a job as like a cornerbacks coach or whatever, defense backs coach. Yeah, uh, at a Division One school, without a doubt. Like he could probably go down to Miami and be the defense backs coach at the very least, if not the defense coordinator at Miami. But like I've already said, I don't know if that's true. Um, I can't remember where Mike Vrabel really took his lumps in the coaching world, but it did seem like it was pretty instantly after he he got well, he off probably, the field. He probably retired in like 2010 would be my assumption. And so, really, probably didn't get the head coaching job at the Titans until 2016, 2017, something like that. 
And so he probably spent five or six years doing stuff. And his playing career probably allowed him to like excel a little bit more quickly. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how that all works. Um, two more guys. Uh, one is like a pipe dream. Uh, this is not the one that's a pipe dream. Johnny Holland. He's the 49ers linebacker coach. He played for the Packers from 87 to 93. I think that's a little bit of a connection. Um, they have some of the best linebackers in the league. And that's the only reason I kind of threw him on there. I don't think that he actually gets any looks. Like nobody's actually trying to hire him. Who are you talking about now? Johnny Holland. It's the 49ers linebacker coach. Okay. And yeah. then, so go ahead with. Yeah, no, I kind of got lost because I wanted to see what a, you know, kind of star player in Mike Vrabel had to do before he started getting looks. So he was Ohio State's linebackers coach in 2011. 2012 and 13, he was their defensive line coach. Then he got a job with Houston Texans as a linebackers coach from 2014 to 2016. And then he was Houston Texans defensive coordinator in 2017. And then that's when he moved to the Titans in 2018 until he just got fired as the Titans head coach, which seems like a fairly quick. It's a decent ride. It's not. Yeah. Transition up there. But I I was hearing Arian Foster talk about D'Amico Ryans. And he was like, there's some guys you can just see that are going to be coaches eventually. And I I feel like Rabel's probably in that same boat, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Like serious guys that the Leonardo's of the team, for sure. Going back to our ninjas. Not (laughs) not rafts. It's not rafts. It's not mics. That's not the way that thing shit goes. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, Mike McDaniels might be the Donatello of a team. Mike McDaniels. Yeah. Just super nerd. Yeah, I think you. I think you could have one of those uh, at the the helm of things, but I think you need to like find your guys that are in place to be like your serious guys. But yeah, yep. you got to have a combo of both. One day we'll write the book about what Ninja Turtles you are and what Ninja Turtles you need to succeed in uh, in business. Or in well, you need them. You need them all, but you need the leader type too. Oh yeah, definitely need that one. All right, so the pipe dream of all pipe dreams. Bill Belichick runs the defense for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. and I would love it. That would be fantastic. Yeah, they, hard sell. I, I oh, would take it. you do not want it. Oh, no, no, no. I, I would take it for sure for like a year, but I just don't think you can bring Bill Belichick into a building to be anything less than a head coach, especially at this point in his career. And I – I know he's been taking interviews with Atlanta or something, but it does look like he's not going to get a job this year, um, which seems crazy unless it is Atlanta that gives him the job. I thought uh, Atlanta hired someone. Uh, yeah, I, I could be out of the loop by yeah. now. Um, and maybe he turned it down for all we know, but it does seem like if you're Bill Belichick, man, I don't get these like in their 70s, still wanted to do something that intense every day. Like I get it. You need like a purpose to get out of bed, but like make that purpose, like breaking 85 in golf or something like that. Chasing skirt, whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then, and the last five here are actually guys that have been rumored to interview with the Packers or did interview with the Packers. Uh, Brandon Staley, who um, I think if we've, if you go back on the podcast, you go back and listen to everything that I've said about him over the last two years. Um, I would hate Brandon Staley as the defensive coordinator. I get he was probably good when he was with the, I think he was with the Rams, but I do not want that guy. That guy, I, clown show. Um, personal opinion, he's probably good and he'd be just fine. Um, other candidates that they, either are going to interview or have interviewed Christian Parker, the Broncos coach um, was a Packers uh, quality control guy, maybe four or five years ago, Um, but could potentially be defensive coordinator. He's the Broncos linebackers coach. I think Bobby Babich from the bills uh, linebackers coach, 
Aiden Dirty Cowboys defensive line coach. And then the one that I saw most recently today was, and this is going to be a first name that gets past me, Ejiro Evero, who I think was like in the running for the Packers DC job the first go around when they hired Joe Barry. But he's the currently the Panthers defense coordinator and was a quality control coach with the Packers back in the day as well. So, yeah, I wonder what a quality control coach does. You make sure that probably like make sure you have the right um, personnel on the on the field. Like if you need a timeout, like that kind of stuff. Like you're, hey, this is what's going on right now. You need to be able to like do this and this and this in these times. I heard something crazy the other night, and this is kind of changing the subject, but like you kind of led this into it. So my thought on defense was you always matched like with the personnel. So if you had like two tight ends, two running backs, you know, you're going to have three or four linebackers or whatever, th- seven, a combination of seven defensive linemen and uh, okay, linebackers yeah, on the field. So I can't remember what team it was. If it was the 49ers, Lions. It was one of the teams playing. It was the, I want to say it was the Lions doing it to the 49ers in the first half because Greg Olson is the one who mentions it, right? Yeah, which I thought was like pretty pretty interesting. It was like they do personnel purely by down and distance. So basically, if it's third and long, they're running a nickel. Or Well, I mean, that's, that's pretty obvious. But like uh, – First and ten, they had the same people. Second and what, yeah, whether there's two, four wide yeah. receivers on the field or there's two, right? Yeah, yeah, they just did it. Which to me seems like a very easy way you can beat a team, but I don't know. I just thought that that was it was new to me. It was new. I want to me. say that like they were what Olson said in that game is like they were begging Purdy to beat them, right? early in that game. And I don't know if that's the way it stayed, if they made adjustments to be like, all right, now we're going to change things up because they'll do something different coming out of half. I know things didn't go very well for the Lions coming out of half, but. Yeah, it was um, like one big play and then everything went wrong for the Lions for the rest of the second half. But, but yeah, that kind of got us like a, a little bit off topic there, but. Yeah, no, I just I just thought that that was an interesting move. And, like, just the way the Lions played offensively, too, is just having an extra uh, offensive lineman running back and forth, making extra blocks. I thought that was pretty sweet, but whatever. We're, I took you off track somewhere. So no, so, uh, I listed all the guys that uh, are on the list. Um, I th- obviously think there's a few big names in there, or names that Packer fans want. I, I suppose Jim Leonard is probably – on that list as well somewhere that for Packers fans, it does sound like one of the bottom five will get it. Staley, Parker, Evero, Bobich, or Dirty. And so which I which I think is fine. Like I'd be fine with just about anybody as long as like you don't fuck up. Just do the right thing and we're all good. Yeah, I think we're just looking for somebody that's a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more willing to um, change uh, as the game goes on. Because, yeah, we've seen too stubborn of a defense that doesn't change throughout the game. And I think Mike and I both are fairly confident our defensive backs, we lost Rasul Douglas because he didn't like the scheme that he was playing in and that Alexander kind of was not liking it either. And, kind of acting out because Where of Alexander that. just costs you too much to get rid of. Yeah. Right. Uh, I can't believe no one else. I haven't seen anyone else saying that shit that like, yeah, I, I have, can't believe it. And I have no clue, but yeah, it seemed like such an odd move to move on from Russell Douglas when we did. And from what I remember, like for as cheap as we did, like it was like, a third round pick, fourth round pick, something like yeah, that. Yeah, but you don't get you don't get high picks for players, which is really weird to me. Like guys that are proven players, you don't get high picks for, even yeah. though picks aren't proven players. They, and a lot of them, like I would say, 
Maybe, what, maybe like 60 or 70% of first-rounders pan out. Yeah. But like, not proven. They're not. But, yeah, like, it's, it seemed like we were just trying to get rid of them as fast as we could. So we're like, we'll take whatever you can give us. Like, they'll be like, oh, we'll give you a fifth-round pick. Like, make it a fourth, and we get a deal. Oh, okay, there we go. But, like, basically, it was just a quick, yeah. quick exit for Russell Douglas. Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of our – um Packers DC hiring in a nutshell. They did fire also maybe their head trainer. Yeah. Something about doing different things with making sure we're prepared to not have hamstring issues. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? When you have fast guys that go fast all the time, you're going to have hamstring issues. If you, like, that's what happens to fast people. Their hamstrings fucking hurt. I feel like that job is sure you probably got to be a fairly smart person, but I think you just got to make people like you. So <laughs> like if, if people don't like you and you're not, and don't have like the gotcha. tip top, like you're going to be gone. But, but yeah, I didn't hear that one. So how about we roll on to the overs and unders of the Packers season? Mike put positives yeah. and negatives, but Mike did these all Mike, you, you get I did do us. all of them. So I'm going to go. Uh, so I guess the way we do this is we start with the negatives, right? So um, negatives, uh, we have to fire fire the DC. I think that's a relatively bad part of it. I think I came into the season talking about how I thought the defense was going to be absolutely dominant, and they weren't. Um, firing the DC forces us to have to find a new one, get a new scheme, uh, reset on what we're doing there. Now that can be end up being a super positive. Um, I would have much rather had a shitload of success on defense and then not had to do that. Right? Yeah, for sure. You'd rather yep. yeah, not have to fire someone. You'd rather them be great. And we'd be playing the Super Bowl this weekend. Yeah. Or um, two weekends. You're right. Um, contract talks with love should probably start this off season. Um, that's going to eat up a lot of our money that we're getting back from Mr. Rogers. But, um, and I think that that could lead to some like contention with the team or not, maybe not with the team, but with the front office, like you just have issues there because he wants a lot of money and he deserves a lot of money because he's going to be okay. Um, and as long as you're an okay quarterback in the NFL, you get paid shitloads of money. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I'd like to think that, like, it's figured out to this point that, yeah, your quarterback is going to get a certain percentage of the uh, salary cap, and guys just have to be all right with it. I, I think at some point, especially if they are the guys out there winning the game. You, I mean, everybody's out there winning the games, but if, if your quarterback's out there doing it, he's going to get paid pretty big. And I just – I don't know how – I guess I'm just kind of combating your point a little bit is I don't think that's such a contentious thing. It does suck that it's going to like, we're like, Oh, we don't have the rookie deal quarterback, but we have a really good quarterback. What it seems like right now. So. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Pick I your think you can, you can kind of look at Purdy and say like that rookie deal, like that's allowing them to really win, but nobody else in the NFC or the AFC was running into the rookie deal quarterback was carrying them into the divisional playoffs effectively. Yeah, no, it does seem like now, because if we go back and list uh, like the winners of the Super Bowls, I mean, Mahomes, like in the past five years, so Mahomes has two of them. Um, Stafford, has one of them. Brady's got one. Brady, yeah. So, And I don't know who was five years ago right offhand. Might be Brady again with the Patriots. I think it was, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah they, it seems like a great deal, but when it comes down to it and the rubber's hitting the road, I mean, who's the last guy to really do it before they got paid? Roethlisberger comes to mind. I mean, I'm sure there's one. Kind of before him, uh, Jared Goff, right. I think might be might be in that boat. Um, 
Burrow is in that. He took them to the Super Bowl. He hasn't he hasn't won one. Yeah, right? but I, I'm talking about winning one as well. Yeah, so I want to say Jared Goff was on his rookie deal yet when they won it. Yeah, and that team was definitely very talented because they had money to put other places than in yeah. the quarterback room. Bengals, I guess, similar. Not fairly yeah, talented I'll, team, but I think everything broke their way. Uh, to get well, and, to that Super Bowl, and honestly, I mean, Bur- Burrow was kind of a dude, right? Like, yeah, that's that's a piece of it. Is that like he is like an elite level quarterback? Yeah, yeah, they got lucky that he was as good as he was on a rookie deal, right? Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of free agents, I guess kind of in a roundabout way, uh, these are guys that I want back that are free agents currently for the Green Bay Packers. Yash Neiman. Bring him back, figure out a way to fit him on the team. I could see teams wanting him. He's been dominant when he does come in, right? Um, I want A.J. Dillon back. I don't want to spend a boatload of money to get A.J. Dillon back, but I want him back, right? I don't. I think that he's good enough to bring back. Um, Keyshawn Nixon I want back. That's John, where I think you got to be willing to pay. Because, man. To some extent, he, yeah. He's your nickel guy and he's your return guy. As long as he's still doing both of those things, I think that's that's worth a, a decent chunk of change. But I yeah. am partial to him. I think that's my that's my dude. That's my new Bill Hall. Uh but maybe better. There you go. Uh John Runyon, I think try to bring him back. I know he was not elite all the time, but I think our offensive line as a core group was elite for most of the second half of the season, like an elite level group. We were not giving up sacks. We were not um, early on. I think we did a lot of false starting, but later in the season dominant. And I think he's a piece of that, right? He was one of the starters. Pretty sure. Feel yeah. like that's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, And I want, I want Darnell Savage back. Now I think Darnell Savage's contract comes with a jugs machine. I think that he's an okay player that drops a lot of opportunities and like literally drops the ball on a lot of opportunities. Like he's in a decent position and just can't catch the ball. Yeah. I mean, he did have a pick six against the Cowboys, but yeah, he should have had a, probably another pick six against uh, San Francisco. And even if he just gets a pick there, we're prob we can probably advance the ball five to 10 yards and get a field goal. Yeah, like, well, that's another issue that we had. So we might have been able to make that field goal. Mike loves that one. I, I heard they did, did bring in uh, kickers to. They did challenge. bring in. They did bring in another kicker. I did. Did I explain on the podcast that uh, it was one of the best? That eighty-one percent is like, like one of the top ones in Packers it, history. Yeah, but I mean, it was sixteenth in the league, so. Yeah, but that's not that bad. It's not. Yeah. It's irreplaceable. Yeah. If it's not, the 16th best in the league, it's irreplaceable. You can't go and get a guy that's better than him. I think I don't want to go down the rabbit hole too much, but I think the missed extra points thrown in there as well. And it hurts. It I hurts a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't run the numbers, but I, I, I wouldn't say he was in the top uh, 16 if you throw extra points in there as well. But even in the top 30, or even in the top 20 or 25, he's irreplaceable. Like, there's guys floating around, and I th- honestly, I think you could have replaced any of them back 15 with Mason Crosby, but you're letting those guys grow. Yeah. No, I'm I'm cool to see how the kicking situation plays out, but I am glad that they're lighting a fire under his ass and being like, hey, we're going to let you grow, but if this guy can kick better than you, you can kick rocks. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I really yeah. do like uh, bring that guy in. If that guy just crushes him, don't cut him and then be like, all right, now let's find somebody. I don't like that idea. But if you want to say, all right, we're going to take the whole off season. Whoever's better gets the job. I'm cool with that. And that's enough about kickers. We talk about kickers way too much on this show. I think. Yep. Are we ready um, to roll to the buck stuff? Or do- oh no, you didn't nope, do the positives we're, yet. We're going to do some positives. Jordan love is the dude. Right, like, which I think is like a big piece of it. Um, we don't need Bakhtiari. 
to be have an effective offensive line. I'll take him back anytime, but we don't need him to be there. Um, we hit the lottery in our wide receiving pool. Now, that could be due to like Jordan Love just being a dude dude, but I think there's some guys that are very, very good in our wide receiving room. Yeah. And I honestly think that's about five deep. Oh, I think Bo Melton's on that free agents I want back to. I think he is a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah, I didn't look at the contracts before the show rolled out. But yeah, no, you're 100% right. We definitely hit the lottery with it. Because I do think Reed, Dobbs definitely have potential to be Pro Bowl wide receivers. Obviously, Watson as well. Watson has the physical skills. We just need to see him on the field more often. Yeah, and I think he'll be there. And yep, I mean we've seen him make plays where you're like, yeah, the it's it's all there. It's yeah, it's just keeping that hamstring. And now that we're gonna have a new guy taking care of his hamstrings, he's probably gonna be uh, top wide receiver in the league next year. Yeah, easy peasy. Um. I mean, so even Wicks and Melton and there's one more, Malik Heath. Like, all guys who did something during the season to make us be like, man, that's that looks good. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, the biggest problem we're going to have in that room is keeping everybody happy. Like, to, to the extent of are we going to be able to carry all of, like, our talented receivers? It almost seems like we stretch too wide uh, at that, but it's champagne problems. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Most of the team is coming back. Like, so I listed probably like half of the free agents, right? So that I wanted back. Like I listed like half of them, like the vast majority of guys are coming back. Um, I think guys that have the potential to be cut or moved on from are Bakhtiari and Devondre Campbell that are like big contract type guys that, and you're not saving a ton on Campbell. And I don't know that you're saving a ton on Bakhtiari, but you might save something. And maybe that's just where they're at with the team. Now, if Bakhtiari is ready to play and ready to go, that would be, I think bring him back. Cause I think he's a plus player rather oh, than yeah. move on, but um, contracts aspiring. And I don't want to like, shit on this guy we just i don't feel like we need him anymore uh josiah deguara like you i think we have three tight ends that are better than him in sims musgrave and craft i think all three of them are better is his name been josiah the whole time because i'm pretty sure it's joshua deguara i think it's josiah deguara i could be wrong but uh i'm in like 97 percent sure I have been saying that wrong the whole time that he was here. If, if like that that's is, like you see that name and you say Joshua, I don't think uh, I see that name. I always thought it was that you saw Joshua. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah no, that's definitely my dyslexia. Just putting <laughs> putting the H where it needs to Joe, be. Joe, just call him Joe. Yeah, Design McLaren. Bam. Yeah. Man, I, I think I've said his name fairly confidently wrong for a long time. I love it. Um, but I don't know. Do you have any things that like really jumped out of you? Jumped out? I think we proved that Matt LaFleur can run a team, too. I think maybe that was one I missed actually writing down. That was something that some people doubted. Yeah, no. I mean, the big thing for mine was... Uh, I mean, you nailed them all, so I'll just be double-tapping anything if I do talk. But, yeah, Jordan Love, like, moving on. I was very nervous about that because how I explained the situation was it did seem like when we moved on from Favre, we were very confident. Uh, And when Favre started making, like, just a little bit too much trouble, we were like, screw it, we'll just move on. Where when... Rogers started making this trouble. It seemed like we catered to him a little bit. So I was nervous about that. We got our guy. I'm a hundred percent confident that we have our guy. And I think you mentioned this last show is we were playing with the 49ers without even playing near our A game. Granted, they they haven't been playing anywhere near their A game lately. Well, the second half uh yesterday was pretty close to an A game, I think. Yeah, I mean, but 
they needed to get a little bit lucky. And they a little did. lucky, Jesus Christ, man! But that I was thinking this though, and I'm not going to be the first person that anybody hears this say this, but this is the difference between pretty good teams and really good teams. Is yep. um, Packers are a pretty good team, but they couldn't take advantage of opportunities that were like given to them. Where 49ers, if you give them anything, they take advantage of basically everything. And they did yeah. that against the Lions with the wild catch that I wouldn't say should have been picked off like it shouldn't have been. But it hits the dude's face, Max pops up. Then they get a fumble. Then they turn that into touchdown. Yeah. And then they just roll uh, the rest of the game. And I did get into it on Twitter about that, uh, the one that bounces off the face mask. Because I think it looks like pass interference on Ayuk. I think the guy who catches it, uh, the 49ers guy, um, looks like pass interference to me. The defender's in position. He gets hit by Ayuk right before the ball gets there. It bounces off his face mask, and then Ayuk catches it. And so, like, if that if those roles are reversed where Ayuk is behind the defense, that's called pass interference on the Lions player. Everybody. Yeah. I mean, they threw a flag and they picked it up on that play, but I honestly thought the flag was going to be for pass interference against Detroit. Like, it seemed like... But, like, he's uh, in position to catch the ball. How was it pass interference Yeah, no. Him? That's what I, I don't get. But I'll I, get into it with that guy on the internet. No worries. Yeah. And I would have to watch it again to see that. Like, to me, it just seemed like a pretty amazing play. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I thought the flag was going to be on Detroit, but I wasn't, like... Zoom in with a microscope. Yeah, like yeah. The, it just, and that's what that guy's doing. But he sent me a, like a still of it, and I was like, that confirms what I thought to begin with. <laughs> you love arguing with people on on the internet. I do, I do. It is it is enjoyable to me. So well, it that does will, get me riled a little bit. We need to start. Yeah, that's gonna wrap our. So we got 15 minutes to finish the rest of the show. So we're gonna get, we're gonna bounce on over to the Bucks and the Badgers, and we're gonna keep it quick and a nice little recap on where we're starting at, out at the season, right? Yes, and I will start with the Bucks stuff. Uh, we are gonna bring it on K9 Kyle again if he's willing to come on and explain some of this to us because, like we said at the beginning of the show, Mike and I kind of. Turn into casual fans of everybody but the Packers and the Badgers football when it's football season. When it's football season, we're locked into football. So our goal here is to become more than casuals with uh, with the Bucks and the Badgers, which we always do. Oh, all right. Uh, so how many games can you watch of the Bucks? I mean, any primetime game. So I didn't do. I didn't catch one tonight because I knew we were going to be recording. I knew we were going to have some new like technology and difficulties and stuff. Um, but okay. once football season's over, it seems like the Bucks are on prime time ninety percent of the time. But it's going to be a lot of like the recaps and watching reruns of the games. Uh, okay. So, so I so would say thirty-two and fifteen. How many games are left then, Mike? So, just, so that are. I mean, so they're at 47 games, so it's like about 35 40. or something like that. Yeah. But let's make a deal that you hit every primetime game that's on. You watch it, whether that's a replay, you record it on your YouTube TV, or like, um, but you watch it. You watch every one. You don't Pretty have easy. to watch it before the podcast happens. I am going to make a concerted effort to watch every Badger games here on out. Yep. But getting back into the Bucks stuff, I am going to do that. And so we fired Adrian Griffin, and then we hired Doc Rivers, which it seemed like there was some weird stuff going on. And this is all speculation from other podcasts that I listened to. But it sounded like Doc Rivers was already like a consultant for the Bucks while he was working for ESPN, which whatever. I don't think that that's – seems odd. Yeah, it seems odd, but like it doesn't seem like a competitive advantage really by any means. Like, cause I've heard some speculation that it's like a little bit dirty, but I think the dirtiest thing about it is like he was kind of putting himself in position to take over the Bucks job. And from what I was seeing with Griffin and just watching the little bit that I did, is it did seem like the team was kind of like questioning 
whether he really was the guy for the job, whether it be like play calling or anything like that. I did see something where Giannis was like drawing up plays in, in timeouts and stuff uh, where you would think yes. your coach would be able to, to do that. But uh, Doc Rivers, new coach, won an NBA title with Boston, obviously. But then ever since then, though, having the big three hasn't won and had very talented teams. So we'll see if he can get the job done here. Uh, he definitely has managed, you know, big personalities on teams, uh, being that Sixers team with Embiid and Simmons and all the hardened drama and shit like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like the Bucks team has that kind of dynamic going on. So it looks like he'll be able to just coach basketball. So hopefully uh, that's the case. But even with firing a coach and moving on to a new coach midseason, the Bucks are 32 and 15, uh, just lost to the Nuggets tonight. By six. Seven, something like that. Yeah, something like that. And they're 32 and 15 and currently sitting in second place. Four games behind Boston, who does look like quite the wagon right now. Uh, 76ers are in third place. And Embiid is looking unstoppable, but he looks unstoppable every regular season long. So it's when, I've already used this, the rubber hits the road in the playoffs. He tends, teams tend to seem to be able to plan for him, but I mean, he's been becoming a better player every single year. So maybe, maybe he's going to be trying to get that monkey off his back. So it'll be an interesting uh, race there, but that's pretty much all I have on the Bucks. I mean, if you want to get into stats and leading scorers, it's pretty easy with the Bucs. It's, it's going to be, I haven't even looked yet, but it's going to be Giannis. He's going to lead the team in scoring. So 31 points a game, rebounds, leads the team with 11.7 a game. Lillard leads the team in assists with 6.8 per game, and Giannis leads the team in steals per game with 1.3. Um, looking like... Lillard scores about 25 points per game, so we get 56 points per game from our top two players. And, yeah, I mean, from the little bit that I've got to watch, which surprised me, I feel like I've seen, maybe they've played the Knicks twice, and I've seen both the Knicks games and then, like, one other game. Um, but, I mean, it is kind of their starting five that, seems to get most of the points. So we're going to bring Kyle on to correct all the things that I said wrong. And that's what I got for the current Bucks breakdown. Second in the East, new coach, looking for, looking for the championship. Yep. All right. And so with the Badgers, they're number six in the country, um, looking for a championship. I think like if you're in the top 10 in the country, like, you can like realistically expect like a final four opportunity, right? Not that you're going to get there. Like it's way hard to get there, but um, you can say this team is chasing this, right? Um, they're 16 and four on the season. AJ store is kind of the guy for them. Like he's the star player. Um, Tyler wall would be the guy next um, last four games. They have one loss to Penn State that uh, by like two or three points, and then they've beaten Indiana, Minnesota, and Michigan State. Really, kind of dog walked Michigan State. Like just were able to handle them through. Probably the they've ha they handled them in that game the best I've ever seen them handle a Michigan State team. Yeah, I mean, they crush them. And that's like Michigan State or Badger teams that are number one in the country. Badger teams that are. Um, finals and final four participants. This is the the way this was the best I've seen them play Michigan State. Um, next up, they have Nebraska in Lincoln on Thursday, and then we're going into or no, uh, home. Purdue at home on Sunday. So, uh, uh, Nebraska should be a game you go in and you can go and get a win. And then Purdue should be a battle on Sunday. It's going to be a, a good 
like lead into the Super Bowl the following week. Yeah, no, I am looking forward to getting to watch that Purdue game because Purdue 19 and two on the year. They did lose to Northwestern, but I think you've touched on this show that Northwestern isn't that bad of a team. They're a good team this year. Yes. Yeah. And their other loss is to Nebraska. And from what I've heard about Nebraska is they've got some guys that can bomb it from deep. So, I mean, we'll get to see that on Tuesday uh, if we tune into the game. But it does, or it's Thursday. You're crazy. Thursday the 1st. Thursday the 1st. Okay. Mike's correcting me here, but I think I'm right. No, Mike's right. Thursday the 1st. Check it out, even though I looked at my thing to write it down. Okay. Thursday the 1st. But yeah, we'll we'll see. It sounds like they're a team if they hit their threes that can give you some trouble. But yep. I mean, so, but like, let's be fair. That's any basketball team in the country. If they got shooters and their shooters are hitting, you're in trouble. I want to see what the guy's name is, though. To, uh, yeah, it's the, like, uh, they have like a Asian, like an Asian guard that's really good, right? Yeah, and I would butcher his name. Tamanaga. 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 Yeah, that's what we'll say. Uh, first name. So being judge, judgmental, that sounds like a Japanese kid. Kisei Tamanaga is senior from Naogia, Japan. Boom. Killed it. Oh, yeah. The last name gave it away, I think. Yeah. In my I, mind, that's what happened. I don't know, Mike. I don't know. That was a good pull. Good pull on I your feel, part. I feel like you're like, just don't call anybody anything <laughs> ever. Yeah, I'm pretty cautious uh, all right. about that. Yeah, so like that's kind of our breakdown of what happened in Wisconsin sports over the last week. Um, we just like to say that we really appreciate you guys listening and enjoying enjoying the podcast. We love you, and make sure you subscribe, download, do whatever you got to do. And I know I haven't given this advice in a kind of a long time, but maybe just sneak your people's phone away and download it and subscribe it on there. Right, couple phones. See, look, Pat's already handling it. Puts it on all his work phones so that they have to listen to it. Just auto plays for him. Next guy who's got to pick it up. That's a good move. I like that. Um, uh, throw it on the background of YouTube at work. Right, like do whatever. Just yep. make sure that, make sure that you're giving us listens, even if you don't want to listen. Just silent, silent listen. Get our numbers up for us to make us feel good about ourselves. Yep. Am All I right. doing it? Am I doing it? I was going to let you do it, but I'll, I'll I'll roll it if you need me to. And if any of you suckers are downing the Badgers, the Brewers, the Bucks, or the Packers, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers came in my shows. Beat them. All them suckers that doubted the Packers came in my shows. Eat my shows.